Welcome to 360 Conversations. This is a podcast featuring powerful conversations with busy women who are simplifying their lives, living intentionally, and creating space for everyday joy. I'm your host, Tammy Thomas, and this is episode three. Today, I'm joined by Yvonne Telford, founder of the Yvonne Telford brand, a lady that is making her presence known by being true to herself and staying firmly in her lane. Yvonne shares some gems about owning shame, insta-sisterhood, and creating your own space. Enjoy. Today, I'm delighted to have Yvonne Telford, head honcho of the Yvonne Telford brand, joining me for conversation. Um, I could waffle on about Yvonne all day long, but seeing as she's here, I will hand over the reins to her to introduce herself and tell us a little bit about what she does. Over to you, Yvonne. Okay, um, I'm Yvonne Telford, and I have a clothing brand of mine um, that was set up, I think, just over a year and a half ago, almost two years now. And um, I, uh, my brand is called Kemi Telford. And basically what I do is um, I sell slogan tees, uh, t-shirts and necklaces to empower women. Fantastic. Now, tell us, you didn't start out like that. I remember reading that you started out blogging at first. Yes, yes, yes. I started out blogging, first of all, under the name Real Yvonne Blog. Um, I started that way because I, I was totally messed up. And I felt that in order for me to sort out what was going on in my life, I needed to write. Mm-hmm. So I started writing down my thoughts and... Um, and that's how I got clarity about what I wanted to do and what I had to let go in my life. So it was like an online journal? Yes, it was like an online journal. Yes, I would say it was an online journal, but I just, I, I just wrote. I just wrote. Mm-hmm. I just woke up in the morning and I just wrote down my thoughts. And I wrote down about, about I, I think I wrote things about my past, my childhood, um, motherhood, mm-hmm. marriage, and stuff like that. All the things that were like um, were like my baggage mm-hmm. that I was carrying about. Yes, that was where I sort of offloaded it, and people read it. Mm-hmm. So you just said uh, you were totally messed up. What do you mean by that? <laughs> Mentally, I was messed up. I was just not. I was not just living my best life. Mm-hmm. I was a mess. I was living for everybody else. Mm-hmm. I was people pleasing. I I just I just was not um, I was not a happy person. Right. I thought I was happy, but um, I think this this happened after I had my second daughter, mm-hmm. and I just knew that I I needed to sort things out. Yeah. It's really interesting um, that you say that because the Yvonne that we see now is very far removed from that narrative. 
So I had, you know, I've got a few questions and some themes that I wanted to pick up. And one of the sort of latter things I wanted to pick up with you, I'm going to go into now because it's fitting with what you've just said. Um, So two things. There are loads of things that I admire about you, Yvonne. I think you're really inspirational. But two things that really, really stand out for me are that you are very boundaried you have very clear personal boundaries. Well, I think that you do. And you keep things simple. You're, you're straight. How did you go from being somebody that was a people pleaser and not very happy to being this person who I see as a woman that really owns herself in her entirety? Huh. That is a, that, that, that. It took a lot of hard work a lot of hard work, a lot of digging deep. Mm -hmm. It took a lot of letting go of my pain. Mm -hmm. I had so much that I was carrying. Um, I read a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, that is such a complex question that I can't... I I will tell you the way I see life. Maybe that will help to answer this question. It got to a point when I was working on myself mm-hmm. that I realized that everything that happened in my life, every single thing that happened in my life happened for me and not to me. So I tapped into Ooh, the strength. happened for you, yeah. not to you. Not to me. Mm-hmm. So I tapped into the strength of, the con- how would I put it? Is it the consequences of... I'm trying to put this in a very simple way. Mm -hmm. But because of everything that happened, I realized that it happened for me. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. through all the pain, I acquired some strength. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. And I acquired some strength. So I tapped into that strength to start living my best life. I stopped being a victim Mm -hmm. of my pain. I decided to use the strength that acquired mm-hmm. my pain. And that's how I got to this stage. That's how the confidence came. I say I have a bit of wobbles. Yeah. You know, that's how the confidence came. I could put boundaries in place. You know, all those things that you can see now yeah. is because of what had happened to me. But Yvonne, how? Because um what you're talking about is really huge. So first of all how did you make that switch from realizing that things happened for you rather than to you? Okay, I'll give. I'll tell you a story. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. I remember when my daughter was, I think five. How old was she? I think she was like three, mm-hmm. and the younger one was like two. I have a neighbor who is blind, and I used to walk her dog. She, a very nice, kind woman, she's an artist, she would go into London in the evenings for, uh, in the summer, for a concert. And she would ask me, Yvonne, can you walk my dog? Mm -hmm. And I would say yes. At the beginning, it was not a problem. But she was now beginning to rely on me. I had two children. Mm -hmm. 
and it was in the evening, their bedtime, the children, you know, they're eating around six. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were quite young then. Mm -hmm. And because of where I live, I could walk the dog around where I live. I'll leave my front door open with my kids in the house mm -hmm. and I'll walk her dog. And it occurred to me one day, I, I thought to myself, I mean, she kept on asking me every day during the summer, she would ask me that, can you walk my dog? And it got to a point that I, be I began resenting her asking me. But I didn't have the nerve to tell her, actually, I'm sorry, I cannot walk your dog today. That's why the people please inside mm -hmm. comes in. And I, I felt I was insulting her by not telling her how I was feeling. Imagine that. Can you imagine? Mm. I should have told her, I'm sorry, I cannot walk your dog today because blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Or I, but she kept on coming because she felt I was happy about it. Yeah. So it was unfair on her. And one day, while I was walking the dog, I felt my daughters are in the house. They could choke on their food. Mm -hmm. What am I doing? Mm. And I was beginning to resent this really kind woman. She's really very kind. Mm -hmm. And that was, where, that was one of the things that led to me thinking, I need to change this. Yeah. You were compromising too much. I was compromising. Yeah. And I was people pleasing. And yeah. I was insulting somebody who didn't know how I, uh, how I was feeling. Because if I told her, I'm sorry, I can't do this, she would have found somebody else. Yeah. She would have said, oh, that's okay. But why would I resent something that was doing, that was meant to make, that, something that was meant to be a joyful thing, helping yeah. somebody? Yeah. And yeah. a lot of women do that. Girl, seriously. I think that um, there are many people that will echo the sentiment of what you're saying. And I think what you said is really, really important for us all to note that um, what you're saying essentially is by people pleasing, you were doing the person you were aiming to please a disservice. Exactly. You're actually insulting that person. Yeah, because that's the word, really, insulting. That yeah. person knows that you don't want to do it, do you understand? They, they, they will have no issue about yeah. it. They're like, yeah. okay, and look for somebody else. Yeah. And if they do have an issue about it, that's their problem, really. They're not meant to be in your life. Yeah. That's why I see it now. Anybody that does not understand what I'm explaining to them, why I cannot do something. Now I don't even explain. I just say no. Mm -hmm. But if you're a good friend and I explain to you, I'm sorry, I cannot meet up today, and you do not understand where I'm coming from, you're off the list. No Christmas presents for you. <laughs> too right, too right. So you said that you um, read lots. What, what did you read? Is there a particular book that gave you your aha moment? Um, the Power of Now, I think that's by Gary Zucker. I read a lot of books uh, by Oprah Winfrey. I read a lot of her books. Mm -hmm. I read uh, The Old Book of Happiness. I read um, oh, so many books. Right now, I can't even think about them. I invested in a lot of books. Yeah. Um, just to, just to re-educate my mind. Mm -hmm. Uh, to question things. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I read a lot. I read a lot of magazines. I read books that I wouldn't have picked up. Okay. 
And I made sure I bought them because that would make me read them. I didn't just go to the library to borrow the books. Because when you invest in something and you see that thing sitting there, you get angry and you just pick it up and just, you know, use it. So I, as much as people go to the library, I think if you're really going to read something, you know, just invest. Mm -hmm. It's it's called investing in yourself. Indeed. buy the book. Do you ever dip back into the books you've read previously? Oh, yes, I do, yeah. all the time. There's one I posted recently, um, not The Power of Now. Um, yeah, I, I go back into the books. Yeah. I do. Yeah. And if I like the book and I want somebody to read it, I do not give my copy to that person. I actually buy it as a gift okay. for Okay. So it's a way of me keeping my copy. Yeah. And giving it to somebody else to read. Yeah, paying the knowledge so, forward. I, I, I give gifts to people and it's normally books. Yeah. I, you know, if I read something, I like it. I'll yeah. buy it for somebody else. I love that. that. That's really lovely. So when you were doing, I guess, your self-discovery and almost deconstructing and rebuilding yourself, emotionally, what was that like for you? Because what I found in my well, you know, we're always developing, not saying that, you know, it's never ending or whatever, Um, that it brought to the surface things about myself that I kind of realised but hadn't really owned and things that made me feel uncomfortable. And it impacted impacted my confidence because I was like, oh, my goodness, this is me. This is the reality of me. How did you navigate through the things that were bubbling up that perhaps made you feel uncomfortable? I cried a lot. Mm. I cried so much. I can remember dropping my older daughter at school and my younger daughter were coming back home. That day, it was raining heavily and um, I was pushing a pram And I remember as it was raining, I was soaked and I was just crying. I'm sure people thought, the people that were driving, it was heavy rain, Mm. you know, and this emotion just, it, it was so overwhelming that as I was pushing this pram, I was crying. I came home and I broke down. I, I, that, that was towards the end of the process. Okay. I know we still go through it, but that was towards the end of the process. I remember constantly being angry with the things I had done. Mm-hmm. And on mm-hmm. this particular day, it was like, okay, we've done angry. It's time for us to let it go. Mm-hmm. And that's when the tears came. But during the self-discovery, I sort of understood myself. I knew I was an introvert. That's when I discovered that I was an introvert. Yeah. I didn't like mixing with people. Well, I enjoy mixing with people, but I didn't like small talk. (laughs) So when people are doing small talk with me now, I just put on my headphones. So I don't do small talk with, you know. So I discovered so many things about me. I discovered that I didn't like, um, I didn't like, uh, you know, I didn't like partying. So... That made me realize that when people invited me for a party, I knew I was always making excuses. Yvonne. So I know I this knew so that, well. I, so I knew that that wasn't my thing. Yeah. So now I've made peace with that. I've actually made peace with Yvonne because I know I'm not a party animal. So why should I? I'll be. Um, 
Am I allowed to use the word J-E-R-K? Yes. I'll, I'll be a jerk if I say yes to something and at the end, I disappoint that person. Yes. And I was constantly doing that. Mm-hmm. Do, do you understand? Totally. So, immediately I made peace with who Yvonne really is. I accepted her. And now when people invite me for a party, I say no. Sometimes I say yes. If that person is really important to me, I'll say yes. So that I don't disappoint. I don't want to disappoint people. Mm -hmm. It's unfair for you to say yes. The person counts on you. And at the last minute, you say no. I'm just sitting here nodding because I can totally relate to what you're saying. Do you think that your self-discovery and I guess the work that you've done to empower yourself and really own yourself, has that been anything to do with maturity? Do you think that it's, you had the capacity to be able to do that because you're a bit older? Like, do you think you would have been able to do this work when you were in your 20s or early 30s? I think early 20s, I was still discovering who I was. Yeah. I, I didn't even know anything about life when I was in my 20s. Yeah. What do you know? I mean, 20s is still very young. I know. 30, you're still... I can remember when I turned 30 and I wrote this ridiculous letter, you know, <laughs> uh, to people thinking that was the end of the world and they thought that I was, you know, I was about to kill myself, you know. Mm. When I turned 30, I realised that I'd not achieved anything mm-hmm. in my 30s. So... 30s, that was when I started asking myself different questions. What do I want? Mm-hmm. What kind of, if I'm going to be with somebody, what kind of person would I want to be with? Mm-hmm. Because I've been with a lot of idiots that mm-hmm. didn't deserve me. Mm-hmm. You know, so at, when I turned 30 on my birthday, I, and that was the day I actually graduated on my birthday, and I, I remember asking myself, questions what do you want Mm. okay you would like to settle down with somebody what kind of person would you like to settle down with who do you you know who do you want to surround I can remember asking myself all those questions so really the process started in my 30s but I think I then I didn't realize it but when I had my daughter Mm. everything Mm. just changed because children gives you this it's like a second eye for you to look deep into who you are yeah there's just something that happens yep. when all the issues, you, I can remember when my daughter was born, having huge arguments with my husband, not out of tiredness. People use the excuse tiredness. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not tiredness. They're just issues that you that are unresolved. Yeah. That have been swept under the carpet. Mm-hmm. When you have kids, you want those things resolved and they start bubbling. And you have to resolve them or it should, the marriage will break or the relationship will break yeah. if you don't resolve those things. So children have a way. So with me, it was my, towards the end, it was my children that made me say, okay, Yvonne, no more messing around. Mm-hmm. You have these people in your life. You want to give them the best life. It's not going to be, you know, you're still going to mess them up, but you need to go and work on yourself. Mm-hmm. You working on yourself and getting a deeper understanding of Yvonne, of yeah. how you tick, how did that impact your relationships with people? Oh, a lot of people left. 
They couldn't take it. And I got rid of a lot of people. Mm. I remember I had this friend who used to buy me crappy presents. Mm-hmm. And anytime she gave me this crappy present, I used to chuck it and I would moan. And, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't buy crappy things myself. Why should you buy me crappy presents? And she kept on doing it. I love you. You know, I'm like, what is wrong with you? Can't you say what I buy for myself? Mm. I got rid of her because I was like, if you cannot buy a decent, you don't have to buy, just buy me a nice bottle of wine. Don't yeah. buy me an expensive, or buy me a card, yeah. or a book, or a notebook. Don't go to Boots the Chemist and buy me a one pound, buy one, get one free soap. Mm. I'm a black woman, I can't put anything on my skin. Mm. You know, don't buy me crap. Yeah. So that one had to go, you know, because I thought, when you really care about somebody, you give the person... Thoughts. Uh, thoughts. You give the person, like, I've got really good friends, and I know what I'll buy for them. Even when I'm broke, it doesn't have to be expensive. Yeah. But I know what they like. Yeah. And if I cannot afford it, I'll buy them a nice card. So th- I think that's why they say love Love is giving. You know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give. So that had to go. A lot of people left. A lot of people could not stand the new Yvonne. They yeah. wanted Yvonne they could step on. The Yvonne that would say, yes, bring mm-hmm. your baby, mm-hmm. I'll babysit. Even mm-hmm. though I was resenting babysitting somebody else's baby. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people could not stand it. My husband was happy. My husband was happy because he knew I was happier. Mm-hmm. He knew that when he comes back from work, I was not going to be moaning about the child that just came to my house and, and the mother that sat that overstayed her welcome. Because I would tell them to leave. It's time for me. In the past, I couldn't tell them mm. that it's time. Do you understand? Yeah. So my husband, my relationship was actually better. The meaningful relationship in my life was actually better because it, it just, you know, I was happier. Yeah, could be joyful. Yeah, I was I was not moaning to my husband, who is just, you know, who has been in London all day. Yeah. And it comes on to this unhappy woman. Mm. It's so important and I think when you first start doing it it can be really quite scary because we do like people to like us but there comes a point where you think I can't have you liking me to the detriment of myself. Exactly. Yeah. You've said, you've said it beautifully yeah. but the first no is always the hardest oh but goodness. immediately you say no and just keep quiet. Don't say anything. The, the person that you're saying no to will feel uncomfortable because they're looking at you and you're not explaining anything to them and that will just, they just go away. So you don't have to explain. Just, just say no. And you know, when we say no, we want to start explaining. Yeah. But if you say no, you're in control. Don't explain. That person gets uncomfortable and they leave. And another thing I did was I deleted my voicemail so people could not leave messages. Mm. That's a good one. Don't, don't leave a message because if you leave a message, I listen to it. I will want to reply to mm-hmm. do something because you've asked something of me. Mm-hmm. And I stopped reading emails early in the morning. Mm. I would not go on social media or read emails first thing in the morning because I'm giving my power to you. So all those things, I stopped. Yvonne. Am I talking too much? No. Listen, I talk loads, but I've also learned to listen and I'm just taking it in because 
what you're saying is very powerful. Literally, yes. there are little things that we can do every day to take power back and we give it away so frivolously without realising. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here making notes. <laughs> oh no, it's, it, it's absolutely fantastic. And I think that um, lots of people that I have come across, and even myself, if I'm honest, we have dreams about living our best life but we are blocking ourselves with little things that we can very easily remove. It's like that, um, say, I can't remember what the saying is properly about small things. When somebody was saying something is really small and they, the person said, um, try spending the night, the, the night with a mosquito in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you know that, that saying. Yeah, and the impact that mosquitoes yes. have, they're tiny, but if yes. they bite you, exactly. for days, first of all, you might come down with malaria, but right. for days, you will see where they're beating you and you keep scratching. Thank you. And it's so uncomfortable. Thank you. And that is what saying yes when you really want to say no does. Yeah. So it's high time that we start. And you know what? It's high time that we start to say no as a complete sentence even though it's making us uncomfortable because in the short term short to medium term you'll get comfortable with saying the no and whether the person accepts it or not you you've moved on by then but you know most people accept it most people do accept a no yeah it's people that really want to use you that will start arguing with you or have beef with you say no the people most people, if you say no to them, they'll be like, okay. It's true, you know. But the people that have hidden agendas, they will have an issue with your no. Mm-hmm. So that's how you know. Yeah. And but I guess... The majority of people accept a no. Yeah. We just don't want to say the no. Yeah. Yeah. And I think... There's the people that have their own agenda and there's been sometimes people have been aggrieved by my no because they are yes people. So they expect everybody to be yes people or their constant yeses are really manipulation because they store them in the bank to make yeah. you feel bad. So yep. again, it is a hidden, it is, you're so right, it's just a hidden agenda. It's a hidden agenda. It's just, just hidden agenda. Because if somebody tells me no, I'll be like, okay, what's next? I, I need to look for somebody else to do it for me. I wouldn't hold that against the person. Yeah. You know, because I go with no, I mean, when I started my business, so many people said no to me. A lot, you know, so many people said no to me. And what that did, it, I, I, I didn't take it personally mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I had said no to people. Yeah. I, I just saw it as, okay, Yvonne, you have to look for another way to kind of sort this thing out. Yeah. You know, I, because I went asking them for help with no hidden agenda. Mm -hmm. I was very honest. I was like, this is what I'm looking for. Can you help me? Mm -hmm. And when they said no, I just looked for another way to sort that problem out. Yeah. I didn't use it against them. There's no point, because you're the one that's holding that feeling, isn't it? Exactly. And it wasn't personal that they said no to me. Yeah. They're just saying, if this is not for me. Yeah. Why would I want to work with somebody when they don't believe in my, what I'm doing? Do, do, do you understand? Finger snaps. Even, even personally, you know... It, 
if my husband say, says no to me, I don't take it personally. It's just that he doesn't want to do that thing. And people are allowed not to want to do that thing. Exactly. Yes. Why should I, why should I think they owe me something? They don't Ooh, owe girl. Me. Another note made. <laughs> no one owes us anything. Nobody owes you anything. You know, so if they say no or they don't want to help you, just as Nigerians would say, pack your kaya and move. <laughs> Is that allowed? <laughs> Absolutely. Because I have a question about that. But before I go there, you <clears throat> talked about starting your business and people saying no. Tell us about the transition from the Real Live On blog to initially starting out as Kemi Kids. What led okay. to that? So when I started really von blog, it got to a point where I think I knew what I wanted. I knew what I wanted from life. And I thought, okay, enough of writing on really von blog. It was just a transition that I knew had to happen. Mm -hmm. And um, it was, and I was looking for a way to start earning. Mm -hmm. And I knew real von blog will not bring and really Von Blot was just about me. I yeah. knew it was not, I could not monetize it. Yeah. And it was just getting to that point where I had nothing to write about my story anymore. Because yeah. as yeah. I was writing, I was resolving the issues. I don't know whether you know this, but anytime you write down something that makes you feel vulnerable, you cannot be ashamed of that thing again. Agreed. Because because it's there, it's in the world, you've written about it. Yeah. So yeah. if you have, uh, when people say, oh, I'm, I'm ashamed of when you're bold enough, tell somebody that you really trust about it. It's not everybody you tell you're ashamed yeah. to. You know, some people, they're like, you know, they'll make you feel worse. So um, immediately you say it to somebody, shame cannot hide in darkness. So... I had um, sort of, you know, put my shame out there and I went into Chemicades. So mm -hmm. I decided to a new blog called Chemicades, which was meant to be about my kids and me. Mm -hmm. But within three months to six months, it had evolved into something else. Um, it had become like uh, a place where women come to to um, feel about themselves. So I moved to, so it was a place where women, Chemicids was a place where women came to, mm -hmm. to feel good about themselves. And um, I was trying to monetize it. And that I was a blog? To, that was a blog. Mm -hmm. So I wrote to a lot of companies and I was doing events. I decided to do events. And um, I wrote to a lot of companies about sponsoring me, mm -hmm. but I felt Number one, I didn't look like, uh, you know, somebody that could bring in money for them. That was the impression I got. Um, and a lot of them didn't want to sponsor the events I was doing or they didn't want to sponsor me. They didn't want to work with me and I didn't have the followership. So what I did was I decided to start um, selling totes, tote bags to my um so the people that are already reading my blog. Mm -hmm. And yeah. So, yeah, that's how it started. That's wow. how my shop started. Because somebody said no to me. And I thought, really, I can make my own money. Why, you know, why should I go begging people to see the good in me? Yep. 
so yeah, and I started, I can remember the first 10 tote bags I printed. Were they the I am enough or good enough? I, I am enough. Wow. 10 white tote bags. It sold out. Then I did, uh, then I started adding in colors and I was selling. And yeah, and that's, that's how I started. Blimey, that's amazing. And when was that? I, I think it's, it's just, it's almost two years now. Just almost two Whoa, years. Whoa, that's mind-blowing. That's absolutely brilliant. Um, so your brand is um, slogans with meaning. They're, they're all meaningful. And you tell a story which, with each of your pieces. One of the things that really stuck in my mind about your content, you share some things that are very, very emotive, but you're very clear about when you share, about sharing once you have made peace with it and it's wherever it needs to be in your past for you to be able to share freely. Yeah. Which I think is really important because there is a section of social media where I see sharing happening and then huge vulnerability hangovers because it's almost like people feel compelled to share. So they're sharing things that they're not actually emotionally ready to share. Was the way you share a conscious decision or did you share something prematurely and then regret it? No, it was a conscious decision because I felt what is the point of sharing the pain that I'm going through with people that I don't know? Mm. I have close friends I can share my pain with, yeah. my present pain. If I'm going to share something, which is what my brand is about, is to help somebody else. Yeah. I don't want the people that are coming to me to start taking my pain because they have their pains too. And I feel there are some problems that you just don't share with everybody. You share it with the people that are closest to you. Mm -hmm. And I also feel that, you know, what is the point of sharing a problem on social media if it's not to empower people? Mm. You know, my brand is to empower people. Yes, you know, I still go through things, but I don't want to share it with anybody unless it is resolved because people come to me to learn. Mm -hmm. I go to people to learn. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear your story and I feel, oh my God, I shouldn't have read that. Yes, because it's impacted feel, you. Yes, I shouldn't have read that because, um, you know, what can I do to help this person? Mm. I don't want that. Mm -hmm. And I don't want people to come to me to feel, oh, Yvonne is going through this. What can I do to help Yvonne? That's yeah. not why they've come to me. Yeah. They've come to me because they want to hear something positive. Yeah. So that's what my brand is about. Yeah. So I will never share. And I think everybody should be like that. Don't share your pain. Resolve your pain. Yeah. So it becomes then, empowering rather than triggering. So that, th thank you. You want to share a pain that you've been through and you've learned from it and tell people the story so that they can learn from you. Yeah. Not for them to feel, um, not for them to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Because you don't want people to feel 
uncomfortable when yeah. they come to you to be, you know, people people come to on social media because they want to feel, they want their life, pro I mean, they come to social media because it's an escape, you know, they, they, yeah. they're escaping from their life's uh, problem. Yeah. So for you to be sharing things that you've not resolved actually makes it worse yeah. for them. You're just spreading that's trauma. That's what I think. Exactly. Yeah. I th yeah, that's, that's very, very important. And I see quite a lot of stuff, you know, at the moment, I don't know how long it will last. Wellness and self-love, self-care is cool but I think there's a very fine line between um well no there's a very huge line between empowering and disempowering people um, because sometimes people think they're helping but you don't know that person's backstory so your comment or your suggestion may not be helpful because you don't know what's going on really Exactly. Mm. I think social media, I'll tell you what I noticed about social media uh, of late. I noticed that social media, especially Instagram, don't like strong women. They say they do and they talk they, about sisterhood and strong women, empowered women, but they don't like it because you're an individual. No, they don't like it. Exactly. They don't like that. What they like is for a woman to be suffering, mm. for her to feel they like a woman to be so vulnerable, to be a victim. Yeah. Because it makes them feel comfortable about yeah. themselves. It makes them feel like, oh, we're, we're sending lots of love to you for you to feel great. But immediately a woman has got her things, you know, she's got a life together. Social media does not like that. Oh, Instagram my does not like goodness. That. Yes. They yes, don't like yes. that. They say they do, nope. but they don't because it makes them feel uncomfortable that how come this woman is not vulnerable? Yeah. It's not like she's not vulnerable. It's just that she thinks, what's next? Yes, I've been through this. I'm going through this, but I'm not going to wallow in this. Yeah. I they guess don't like that. They want people to wallow. wallow. And, and I was going to say, I guess it, it's a bit like... Um, people are seeing in women that come across as self-assured and confident they're seeing what they're lacking exactly mm. so they don't like that they're yeah. like oh sisterhood no there's no sisterhood let's just scrap that word <laughs> because no it's faux it is not real it's not it's not real i'll tell you a story right mm -hmm. when i started real even blog this was an eye-opener there's a mom at the school, my children's school. She was the one that told me, I went for coffee with her, and she was the one that told me, oh, why don't you start a blog? She had a blog. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know what a blog was. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, you write, blah, 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 blah. She, you know, she encouraged me, and I started the blog. When the blog took off... I'm sorry, that's Alexa. <laughs> Alexa, mind your own business. And when the blog took off, she could not stand it. She could not. This was a woman that encouraged me to start. She could not stand the fact that I was not doing well. Yeah. That's why I said there's no sisterhood. Yeah. Well, it got to a point that she could not look him straight in the eyes. She would see me and she would wave. She stopped being my friend. When I started my business, it became worse. Now she doesn't even wave at me anymore. That's so sad. Wait a minute. 
No, but a lot of women are like that. A lot of women. That is what we do. When somebody is not doing so well, we encourage the person. When the person starts to do well, something in us gets uncomfortable. Mm. When the person starts to do better than us, we hate it. Yeah. Because we're thinking, who are you? Or we're thinking, I you goodness. also this lane. Yeah. Why are you doing better than me? Do, do you oh, understand? Yeah. It's of us to rejoice and ask the person, can you teach me? But pride would not let us yeah. do that. So women, that's why I think this sisterhood thing, unless we work on ourselves, there's no sisterhood. Mm. I've, I've been very fortunate that I, I've made friends via Instagram, people that I see in real life and have mm. communication with outside of Instagram. And I guess because all of them, whether it's been a real dedicated effort or they've stumbled into it, have actively worked on themselves yeah. and accepted who they are. Yeah. So it's literally like, how can we lift each other? But I went out and looked for that. I consciously exactly. looked for it. I knew that I needed it because, you know, no man is an island. And it's not that I constantly need their ratification or whatever, but there's a big difference between that real sisterhood and the people that comment on social media and engage in a way that is performative. And you, when I, well, this week, last week, whenever it was, sent me a message yeah. that almost made me cry. It was so hugely supportive and real and reminded me that I need to be mindful and not get gassed with, you know, the love. Oh, you started something. This is really fantastic. I'll be clear. I really, really do appreciate that. But it reminded me to keep my feet on the ground and not let my ego take over that appreciation because otherwise yes. you get lost. <clears throat> and that's You'll when you lost. start straying all over the place. Exactly. And you've forgotten what me were. Congratulations, first of all. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so excited for Thank you. Thank you. you know, it's so, um, I'm glad you're doing this because we need amazing black women doing great things. We just don't want a business that is okay. Mm -hmm. We want amazing businesses. Hey. So, you know, Amen. we just don't want to be okay. It, we've done okay. We've done okay. We've done survive. We've done it's time to thrive. Exactly. So congratulations. Thank I'm really excited. Much. Thank you. But one thing I've noticed is, um, and that's some personal experiences, when I'm about launching something and I tell people, oh my God, a lot of people will say how wonderful it is. Oh, launch it. We're going to buy it. Blah, 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 blah. When it's time for them to bring out their ego. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the cash? You know, put your hand in your pocket and bring out your ego. These people will not come. Mm. Sorry, my Nigerian accent has come out. I love it. I'm but here for it. They just will disappear. Mm. It's the ones that don't talk. Those are the people that 
with just action. Yes. Empty Those vessels the make the most noise, don't they? Exactly. Like before my Ankara skirt, the first time I showed people the Ankara skirt, oh, comments, more than 60, 100 comments. <laughs> when it was finally launched, where are they? It's the quiet people that are buying yeah. it. And you'll be wondering, where are these people coming from? The ones shouting, they will even follow you because they are feeling uncomfortable oh, that gosh. they cannot buy the Ankara skirt. Yeah. Do you, do you understand? And it's Even not by not force. Exactly. So that is my experience. That's why I sent you that message. You know, just don't fall for the gratification because mm. comments and likes. And it's, do you know the posts that I don't get a lot of comments on are the posts where I sell the most. Mm. Mm. It's just really odd. Mm. Well, I, I know people that will say if they post a picture of a selfie, they'll get 600 likes, 100 and whatever comments. They post a picture of their work. It's um, tumbleweed almost. It's, it's, it's yeah. so much lower. And I guess it just triggers people left, right and centre because, Yvonne, so many people sleepwalk. And the work that you've done, the work that I am doing is preventing us from continuing that sleepwalking. When you're being intentional and you're making decisions and you're owning yourself, you yeah. just become this beacon of light. Some people, when the light is too much, they put their sunglasses on so they can adjust their view and stay in the light. Exactly. Some people will exactly. go and hide in the shadow. And in the shadow, they'll go and do all kinds of nonsense. And I think to myself... More for you, because the negativity that you're harboring, it's not impacting me. You're living mm. with that. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's really, really very, very interesting. And that's why I love how, when, when I think of you, the thing that comes to my head, one of the first things is stay in your lane. I really love how you stay in your lane. You continue to walk your path and do what you need to do in such genuine ways from Yvonne you know my parents are from Sierra Leone I love being Sierra Leonean I love being the child of immigrants I love the sayings that my parents and grandparents and relatives have I love what can appear to be the very cutting straight West African responses to things you know when you are mum have you seen my whatever is it on my head and all those sorts exactly. of things I, I absolutely love all of that what I absolutely love about you is how you will use Yoruba proverbs parables as part of your story and you using your West African heritage has created a blossoming community of women from all backgrounds who connect with a message because whether it's Yoruba, whether it's Igbo, whether it's Hausa, a message for humans is a message for humans. Exactly. Because I'll tell you something. I'm not ashamed of Yvonne. Mm. I'm not ashamed of Yvonne's background. Mm -hmm. Yvonne is Nigerian. If Yvonne tries to hide her Nigerian-ness, that is not Yvonne. No. That is somebody else. Yeah. I am so Nigerian. It runs in my veins. Mm -hmm. Even my children, they're like, oh, my, my... The first thing, who is your mother? Oh, she's that Nigerian bald woman. <laughs> you know, my children know that 
you know, I used to hide it. I used to hide it. Mm-hmm. But you know, that is, I cannot hide it anymore. I love it. Mm-hmm. And it hiding is what sets me apart. It is what, it is so special. Yeah. It is what, it gives me an identity. Oh. Mm-hmm. It is, it is my stamp. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Absolutely. That Nigerian-ness runs through me and I love it. Me too. I wake up every morning and I say, oh, Yvonne, this is another day. We're going to celebrate Nigerian-ness in you. And I put on my Nigerian hip-hop. Yes. And that's the way we start our day in this yes. house. Sorry for my white husband. He does, now he's beginning to... Yeah, he'll get with the program. Exactly. No, no more red hot chili pepper. He just, <laughs> <laughs> he's beginning to accept it. It's Wizkid and Davido. Exactly. So that's what we listen to. And because I want to teach my children... I want my children to have that Nigerian identity yeah. as well. Yeah. So, um, and that has actually helped my brand. That Nigerian a lot of people uh, sort of, uh, it's not educating them, but they love it as well because it has like the proverbs I share. Mm-hmm. It makes them think. I receive emails almost every day. It makes them think mm. about things. It just triggers something yeah. in them. And, and, and you know, for me, I'm not saying it in a patronising way. It is educational. It is whether we are comfortable, uncomfortable, whether we feel like we have to or don't have to talk about it. We live in a world where things have been set up in a way whereby we don't realise that we have far more in common than we do have differences. Exactly. And I think that your proverbs... I get them straight away and, you know, you're Yoruba, aren't you? Oh, look at me. (laughs) I'm just checking because (laughs) I'm not, you know, well, my great-grandfather is Yoruba. He's a a Yoruba man. Yes, um, who met my great-grandmother and settled in Sierra Leone. But even though I don't understand Yoruba, I understand the vibe. And what is so beautiful when I'm, idly sitting down reading other people's comments like I haven't got anything better to do I just love the fact that a woman in I don't know rural Shropshire is commenting about your Yoruba proverb and what it means to her when we talk about things like um inclusion acceptance blah 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 we don't always have to shout Sometimes we can sing, sometimes we can whisper, sometimes we can just have a conversation and people will still get it. Exactly. Because as you said, we, our differences, you know, we don't have a lot of differences. Mm -hmm. What people, I think every human being, we all want the same thing. Yeah. What we want for me is to be seen. Mm -hmm. I want to be seen. I want somebody to say, I see you. Mm -hmm. You know, immediately somebody, have you been like when you walk into a shop and the sales assistant sort of behaves like you're not there, you sort of get angry and you're thinking, I walk out. Exactly. Same thing. Same thing as human beings. You just want to be acknowledged. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to be seen. Even our children, 
they want to be seen. Mm -hmm. That is what human beings, mm -hmm. to know that we're loved, mm -hmm. to know that we're accepted. Mm -hmm. That is what we want. Mm -hmm. So really, that is what brings all of us together. We have different ways of getting to that point. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, that is what we want. Mm -hmm. And we want it in our wholeness. See me fully. Don't see a part of me. Exactly. I'm a human being. I have good, bad, indifferent, funny, happy, blah, blah, sad, whatever. See me in my entirety. Value yeah. me in my entirety. Exactly. Mm. It's, 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 I, I absolutely love it. Sometimes I look at what you're doing and I think... Yvonne could come here and say boogie, woogie, woogie, and everybody will say, yes, Yvonne. It's fantastic. I, don't think so. <laughs> I think the thing is, you know, I've been so lucky. I've been so blessed. I've been so, I've never had an issue with a troll. Well, I had a woman had a go at me once some weeks ago because she said I wasn't following her. So she had a go at me. She said, a big account is following her and that I am not following her. And Do you owe like, her following? I said, I only follow my customers. Go and buy, then I'll follow you. <laughs> <laughs> this thing, it, it, is, it is absolutely, absolutely crazy. Um, so thinking about your brand, there are you know, quite a few parent brands around. There are um, people that have, you know, slogan T-shirts. How do you keep yours unique? How do I keep mine unique? Yeah. You know, first of all, I don't look at what other people are doing. Mm. I just don't look unless mm -hmm. maybe somebody I'm following sort of wears a t-shirt and I'll be like where's that from and it's somebody who is doing something similar but something similar not what I am doing yeah so I, I this might sound a bit arrogant I feel and that's the way I've and that's what keeps me sane mm -hmm. I have the best slogans out there mm-hmm that is what keeps me, and I have to be arrogant about my brand because that is my baby. That is where, you know, I sleep, I wake up. That is what I think yeah. about majority of the time, my brand. There's so many brands out there and um, with me, every brand has, I mean, every slogan has a story. Yeah. And it has a story of my life. Mm -hmm. And one thing I've recognized is, as we said earlier, we all want the same thing. We all want to feel fabulous. We want to be the queens of our lives. Yeah. We want, do you understand? We yeah. want to feel, my brand is about making, it's not about sisterhood. It's not about feminism. It's not about diversity. It's about a woman feeling fabulous yeah. and telling the world this is me. I am fabulous. Accept it or don't accept it. If you don't accept it, jog on. Mm -hmm. So if you look at my slogans, they are normally big. Mm -hmm. If they're not gold, they are, you know, they are just there in your face. You're it's so Yoruba. I am so Yoruba. <laughs> it's right in your face. So tell everybody I have arrived. Yes. Yes. Let me take my space. 
Exactly. Mm. And I'm going to sit here and nobody is going to shift me. Nobody's going to move me. Yeah. That is it. That, I love that. Does that answer your question? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I really, I have a um, complex relationship with the word arrogant because it has negative associations. But is it negative? I'm thinking, I'm thinking, but actually what you're saying to me, it doesn't sound arrogant at all. It sounds like you have a really deep, committed sense of who you who are, what you stand for. You believe yourself. Because yeah. a lot of us are That's going around performing ourselves, but you believe yourself. That's not arrogant. Yeah. Well, I think some people will see it as arrogance. Who does she, she think she is? Yeah. Why does she have this self-belief? But I, I, I just see it as, as long as I'm on this earth mm. and I'm still here and I'm existing, I feel that I cannot belittle my existence. Mm. Do you, do you understand? Absolutely. I cannot believe. And if I'm creating something and I don't believe in what I'm creating, why am I doing it? Why am snaps. I trying to sell something to somebody else, to somebody, you know, uh, uh, my T-shirt is 25, 24 pounds. Why would I want somebody to spend something, you know, to spend their money on something, on something that I'm creating that, doesn't mean anything. Mm. That's why my brand is not Topshop. Yeah. You know, Topshop have people that just design it and yeah. they put it out there. My brand is about you putting on something and feel it. And it's not all women that will wear my brand because some people just don't have the confidence to wear a bold queen on their chest mm -hmm. and walk out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, so my brand is not for everybody, for, but it's for those people that have worked on themselves or are trying to get there. Because even if you have not worked on yourself and you put queen on your, you know, a big, bold, golden queen on a shirt and mm -hmm. you walk out, you will feel uncomfortable for the first five minutes. But later on, guess what happens? You ignore that and you start feeling really bold about mm -hmm. who you are mm -hmm. because you've taken the first step of wearing that slogan of calling yourself a queen. Yeah. And we've been told from a very young age that we should be humble. You know, boys are not meant to be humble. You know, mm -hmm. boys are not, boys are meant to be, you know, to, to, to be, you know, with their chest up. They're meant to be, you know, humans. But women, we're meant to sort of shrink ourselves. Mm -hmm. But when you wear that queen on your chest and you step out there, you just feel like you've arrived. Yeah. And this is some personal experience. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that you're not playing any games. If it's for you, it's for you. If it's not for you, it's not for you. I'm not going to start compromising myself to fit into what I think it is that you want, because invariably people don't know what they want. Exactly. They don't know what they want, but the people that know what they want are always on my website. Yeah buying yeah that's why if you look at my website i don't really on my instagram page i don't use bloggers yeah no i've I, noticed 
I, I don't. I put on my own shirt on my customers and I just pose. Yeah. And I take a photo because I wear my stuff. Yeah. And people, I think people, anytime I use a blogger, my customers don't like that. Wow, that's interesting because I thought they, that they bloggers. Don't like it. No. Okay. My customers don't like it. My customers don't like it. And to be honest with you, the fact that somebody has 40,000 uh, followers, 100,000 followers, does not mean that when they put on that shirt, your tills will be followers, ringing. followers, exactly. Mm. I've only had really one person that put on something and my tills did not stop ringing. Okay. Actually, two of them. Yeah. Two of them. First, at the beginning of my business, somebody, she just, she actually bought them. So okay. it wasn't gifted. Yeah. And she showed it to her followers. And one Sunday evening, I was sitting here and I could hear ding, 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 ding. That was the beginning of my business. And yeah. And for days. Wow. You know, it went on. Then somebody else, you know, last year I had somebody else who did that for me. But, um, the fact that, you know, you give something to somebody does not mean that your tills will go crazy. You might have followers. Yeah. But... That doesn't always convert into pounds. It doesn't convert into pounds. I'm running my business at the end of the day. The reason why I set up my business in the first place was to tell my story mm -hmm. and to make money because yeah. all the... Businesses did not want to work with me as a blogger. So I decided to go. So I need to make money. Yeah. What is the point? I need to make money. Listen. I don't want to be another empowering broke woman. Well, this is it. And you cannot pay council tax or EDF energy or buy school shoes with followers. Exactly. <laughs> These are the facts. And my customers, one thing I've noticed that my customers are the ones who bring the trade. Okay. So my customers, you know, will wear something, they'll share a photo, and the next thing, yeah, you know, friends and family, you know, just steps in and start buying. And that is how my business has grown. Not because I gifted something to somebody. No. And even if I'm going to gift, I'm going to gift to somebody who has actually bought from yep. me, who is a blogger, but yep. has bought yep. something from me yep. because they believe in my brand. Yeah. That's why they spent money in the first place. Yeah. It's a different so, intention altogether. Exactly. Because they're not I, wearing I it simply because you're paying them a fee or because you're gifting something. Exactly. It started off with them having a genuine interest and yes. belief in your brand, enough for them to part with cash and invest in something. Yeah. So the intention is very different. Yeah. I mean, that's what business books don't tell you. Business books will tell you, oh, look for an influencer to help you grow your business. I'm saying, no, you don't need that. You, you just don't need it. Yeah. If you have self-belief in what you're doing and you treat your customers right, word of mouth will help you. Absolutely. Because, it's look, when we're looking for something, yes, quite often, most of the time these days, we'll go to Google because it's so convenient. But we like recommendations from other human beings. Exactly. It's, yeah, it's, it's a much more believable uh, reference, I guess. Yeah. 
you, you know what you're getting. So, um, Yvonne, a lot of the things that we have talked about really do encompass the 360 brand because it is really about, you know, owning yourself that 360 degrees, having a proper view of yourself. I read that, yourself. actually. I read that. I read that. I read that in one of your posts, why you started the 360. Yeah degrees brand yeah. yeah so it's it's really so you've you've touched like literally as I go along I make notes and this keeps happening but you've really touched on everything that I was making notes about what I would like to know is you you uh juggle not juggle you're a businesswoman and you're a mother and you're a wife how do you manage those three facets oh parity I'm very selfish Oh, I'm, I'm queen of selfish. So um, since I started the business, some things I've, I've had to be very disciplined mm -hmm. with my time. Mm -hmm. So I don't let people waste my time and I don't waste my own time. Yeah. You know, so um, that, first of all, I am very disciplined with my time. You know, meeting people for coffees and all those things. Once in a while, I pencil it once a month yeah. for coffee. You know, so I'll meet up with a friend um, for a coffee. Yeah. Uh, because by the time I drop my kids off at school, nine o'clock, and I come home, before you know it, you tidy up their mess, it's time for you to go and pick them. Yeah. And I don't want to be working. My daughter, as you know, is doing that 11 yes. plus. And yes, I'm a tiger mother because I want her to do well. Um, West African so, tiger moms stand up. <laughs> exactly. I have to, you know... It, it, she has to do well. Yeah. You know, and I want, to, I want her to know that she tried her best. Listen, I have that debate. My, my daughter, I said to her, we were having a debate about, we always, it's always the same. She'll do some work. I'll say, this is good. This is good. This needs to be changed. Do you believe you've tried your best? Oh, mom, da, 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 da. Then she'll do it. She'll come back with a big beaming smile because she knows she's done her best. Exactly. Then she'll be commended exactly. at school. Then she'll say, um, mommy, I really do appreciate when you make me do things again because then I do my best. So we've exactly. had this whole rigmarole for the sats I want her to do well and when I say I want her to do well I want her to do the damn best she can do exactly. and I explained to her she's 11 now I said look you're big now all do your best this is very good I've never been one of those people that will say something's good when it's not I don't believe in that that's not how I've been brought up and I think I'll be doing my daughter a disservice I don't say anything that will strip her of her confidence it's always yep. empowering but I said to her, you're doing your sats. The first thing she said, oh, well, it doesn't matter for high school. I said, but it matters for you. It doesn't matter what it means for high school or anywhere else. The worst feeling you can have in the world is knowing you could have done something better. Exactly. That's an awful feeling. So we've had this big debate. When it comes to things like literacy, she can write, she can read all day long. She loves all that sort of stuff. She's brilliant. Maths... Oh, send that to me. Come on, teach my daughter. <laughs> maths is, is, is more of a challenge. And I know that I had a challenge with maths. And what I'm saying to her is practice will make such exactly. a difference. So now, after all the, oh, I don't want to, you're so mean, it's my life, da-da-da-da-da, we've come full circle. Mummy, I got 13 out of 14. Mummy, I got 14 out of 14. The beaming pride. 
because it builds their confidence Thank and you. it makes them feel. Do you know, one thing I know about children is that if you do not tell them what to do and you do not push them, children will play all day. Exactly. Because they're they children. Right. That's what they're meant to be doing. But if you want children to do well and for them to feel good about themselves, you know, without stripping them of their confidence, mm -hmm. you have to push them yeah. in a healthy way. Yeah. And because... I have, yes, my daughter is mixed race, but at the end of the day, she's a black girl. Yeah. And she has a Nigerian name. Yeah. That, you know, I feel, for me, I feel that she has to work hard, mm -hmm. harder than other people to get what she wants mm -hmm. from life. Mm -hmm. Education is so important mm -hmm. for me because with education, you can have, yes, it's, it might not buy you the world. But it but gives freedom. It gives you freedom and it gives you that steady, you know, flow of income coming in. Yeah. Because for you to work in Tesco's now, you need GCSEs. Yeah. You can't just go to Tesco and say, employ me. They'll say, okay, complete this form. What did you get? It's getting tougher for mm -hmm, them. Mm -hmm. So for me, you know, I I try to tell my children, I don't lie to them. I tell them my story. Mm -hmm. So my children and I have got an amazing relationship and I, I hope it stays that way. Mm -hmm. I tell them where I'm from. I tell them my story. I tell them what I've been through. And I, I tell them everything so that they don't make, they will make their own mistakes, mm -hmm. but I don't want them to make the same mistake that I've made. Um, because you don't have to go through what I've been through. I yeah. don't have to go through what you've been through yeah. in order for me to learn from you. Yeah. We're all teachers and students yeah. to each other. So I tell my children my story and I tell my children how I wish this, what you're getting right now, how I wish I got it. But I didn't get it. Mm. You know, the time I'm giving you, the kind of education I'm giving you, the, you know, sitting down with you in the morning before you go to school, when you come back, me sacrificing so much so that you see yourself, you don't have to be the best, but just know that you've done your, your best. personal best. Yeah. Your personal, and that will make you feel good, yeah. whatever the results yeah. are. And I think, um, I think maybe it's a Western thing where they say, don't, don't push the children. Oh, they will have this, they will have that. No, you've got to push them a bit. Yeah. You know, and th they will learn the ethics of work. Yeah. It's hard work. And I think that's a really important lesson. And it's interesting, you, you said, um, there's a couple of things. You said um, sacrifice. Are you sacrificing or are you investing? Because to me, it sounds like you're investing. Oh, because uh, I'm a bit selfish. So I, yes, I'm investing. Yeah. I'm invest. Yes, I'm investing. I'm investing. But at the same time, I'm sacrificing my life. My, my you know, yeah. uh, on this, I will tell you something. When I'm talking to my daughters, this is what I say to them. And it might sound a bit complex for children, but because I've been very straight with them from the very beginning, um, I say to them that when I was born, I was given an amount 
of time to be here. When that time is up, I will go. Yeah. Now, what I would not allow anybody to do is to waste an hour of that time that I've been given because what you're doing is still in my time. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So if I'm giving 20 hours to be on this earth and you steal one hour from me by wasting my time, I have 19 hours left. Yeah. I cannot buy that time back. Yeah. It's gone. Yeah. I can get money back, but I cannot buy my time back. So when I'm sitting with my daughter and I'm meant to be working with her, I want her focus. Yeah. Because I don't want her wasting my time. Yeah. If she doesn't want to do it, that's a different thing. Yeah. But when I'm giving you my time, any human being, my yeah. husband, my friends, I'm giving you my time. Yeah. Please don't waste your time. Yeah. Because yeah. you're still in part of my life away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I see it. Wow. Wow. No, it's it's true, you know. It's it's our most valuable commodity. You can't get it back. No. And I then never get it back. with I went to this talk and um there were various people on the panel. One of them was talking about having to work harder as a black woman. And there was a, um, a lady who is a um, psychodynamic counsellor. And um, she said, do, do we have to? Do we have to work 10 times hard? Is that, is that a myth or is that a reality? And it made me really think, because she was saying... I was brought up with that. My parents told me that straight. I have to work 10 times harder to be seen as the same. Um, And I very much internalised that. And what she was saying is, she said, if you look at lots of things to do with culture in the Western world, there are lots of things that have been taken from black cultures, black spaces, whether it's African-American, Yoruba, Jamaican, whatever... So she's saying, do we really have to try 10 times harder because we are black, mixed ethnicity, whatever, or do we just have to do our best? I'm putting that question when, to you. When I was in Nigeria, mm. I just had to do my best. Yeah. When I came to England, I had to work harder. Mm. Even with my business on Instagram, I look different. Yeah. I look, I'm not... They, I'm not, you know, uh, I look different. You're not the traditional not, kind of blogger look. Yes, I'm not, you know, and I'm trying to, you know, most of the people that do what I do are white. Yeah. With me, I had to make a decision when I wasn't growing that if I what makes you thick, you know, what makes you, uh, sorry, not thick, tick. Tick, yeah. You know, what, what makes you so special? And I had to go back to that, which is my blackness. Yeah. Um, so for me, even on Instagram, I'm working twice as hard because the people that think they can help my, be- well, they're, they're, you know, they when I was well. talking about meeting, uh, going to influencers to ask them to help you, you know, expose your brand yeah. to other people. Most of them, when I started, I wrote to majority of them that were white. Yeah. To be honest with you, none of them wanted to help me. 
Mm. But they were well, they were helping other people. Mm. They were helping other women, and I thought, Yvonne, what exactly is going on here? Mm. As a Nigerian woman, I never saw that because where I grew up, there's nothing like that. Mm -hmm. It was when I started this business that I realized that it's true. Then yeah. I read the book by Rennie and mm. I could see it. Rennie uh, no. Edo Lodge, why I'm no Lodge. longer talking to white people about yeah. race. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I read it and I thought, this is it, you mm. know. Yeah, and that sort of changed my perspective. But when I was just the ordinary Nigerian woman yeah. growing up in Nigeria, we had no issues like that. Of it was not. when I moved to England, I didn't even see it. It was when I started my business. Yeah. And I thought, ah, oh, this is it. It's interesting that you say that because a couple of people that mean very well said to me, I have to make sure that I don't only use black models because <laughs> they felt that I would be, because I'm a black woman using black models, I would reduce my marketplace because people would think it's a black brand. And I said that anybody who looks at my brand and sees that I've used this model on this occasion and makes the assumption that it is only for people that look like that, they weren't for the brand in the first place. But for me, as a black woman, as a dark-skinned black African woman, it was very important for me to use the model, or not use, that sounds terrible, to work with the model that I work with, because yeah. I have to be honest, I have to be real. My brand is for any woman that identifies with the brand and connects with it. But I am a black woman. I am at the center of this brand. I have to be very clear about that. If I see a model another time who looks different from that, is from any other background, if I feel that that person connects with the brand and reflects what I'm saying, what I'm selling, what I'm doing, my intentions, then that's fine. But I refuse to play this game of getting what looks popular and compromising myself if I have yeah. to compromise myself I won't do it exactly I will tell you something and this might sound really awful to say but it's a fact well from my looking at the data of my business mm. majority of my customers are not black mm-hmm 95, 96, 97% of my customers are not black. In mm -hmm. fact, I don't have a lot of black customers. Mm -hmm. And I think people don't care. The people that are genuine don't care about what you look like. They want a brand that they can identify mm -hmm. with. They want something that makes them... Because to be honest with you, anybody can go to Topshop and buy a T-shirt. Mm. Why would you come and you'll buy it for a cheaper price? Mm -hmm. Because they're doing it in bulk. Mm -hmm. Why would you want to come to mm -hmm. me to buy a T-shirt? Mm -hmm. For me, you know, I, and most of the time, I'm the one wearing what I'm wearing. I'm yeah. the one showing people, the, you know, my stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think it doesn't matter who the model is. I would agree. You know, but people just want to be identified 
with that brand. There's something about mm -hmm. that brand that mm -hmm. I like. Mm -hmm. And when I look at your brand, I love the model. I love what she looks like. Mm. And for once, I did not even think black brand. I did That's not think that. Because I just, I said, oh my God, this is a beautiful model. Mm. I did not think black brand. Model, yeah. Do, do you understand? And, you know, when people start talking about things like transcend race, that kind of irks me a little bit. What, is, what does that mean? Um, when you rise above your race. So people will say things like Muhammad Ali transcended race. People just liked him for who he is. Actually, we should... I wouldn't say transcend race. Our, this colour of our skin, our ethnicity, is what it is. We're still humans with the same uh, values or same level of value as, as other humans. I don't think... It's so complex, I can't even begin right here and right now. But I think that the idea that representation matters when you're somebody that is underrepresented. Yeah. Representation, if you think that, if, if you believe that as a white woman, you need to see a white model in order to feel that you have permission to engage with the brand, that tells me a little bit more about you than it does exactly. about the brand. But um, I found that it was really interesting. And I also thought, well, I've just started. You don't know what's going to happen next. You don't know what's it, going to happen changing. in the future. Models are models. I chose this model on this occasion, um, but that doesn't mean anything other than this is the model that was booked for this occasion. And it's interesting what you say about your customers. Prior to this, I've, I've, I've had a fashion brand before and mm. it was um, everything was wax cotton or woven cloth, um, whether mm. it was um, in Sierra Leone, they call it country cloth, Ghana, they call it Kente, Nigeria. Yeah, Is yeah. it Ashoke Ash okay or something? Ashoke, okay, yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was that, that kind of thing. And what was very, very interesting for me also is that there are people prancing around uh, Scotland, Gloucestershire, all kinds of places outside of London who didn't quibble. They saw something, you know, I, I was fortunate. I worked with a woman who was wonderful in PR and I had some good press coverage. I would get press coverage. Somebody who lived in the middle of God knows where would buy something. It didn't matter that it was wax cotton. It didn't matter that it was some kind of West African woven cloth. They liked what they liked. They parted with their money and they bought it. Um, so yeah, I think that you're, you're very right in saying that your customers are who they are and they'll buy what they want to buy regardless. Exactly. I mean, the Ankara skirts, it's mostly people that don't look like me that buy them. Yeah. And it is just, they just, number one, they want to support the brand. Yeah. Number two, they love it. Yeah. They want to identify with what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, and they just, when people care and loyal and care about a brand, they don't care who is modeling the clothes, you know, what the, the, the outfit yeah. or whatever you're selling. Yeah. They don't care. So, I think, and always go with your gut. Yes. You've gone with your gut. That's why you picked that model. Yes. What I, I will tell you what I, I, I've stopped doing. And maybe that would help. I've stopped having, before I make a decision, I don't share my thoughts with people that I think 
will change it. So, like, there's so many things that I have scrapped because I discussed it with people. Oh, what do you think? What do you think? I didn't take time out to sit by myself and look at it. Will I wear this? Mm. Because if I can wear it, I'll wear it with confidence. Mm -hmm. But when you start asking people, what do you think? What do you think? Do you think the slogan should go that way? Do you think the dress should fit that way? You start taking other people's ideas and mm. you will never go, you will never listen to your gut. Meanwhile, your gut will tell you yes. whether that, that design is right or not. Yes. So for you, anytime you're booking a model, always go with your gut. Don't even discuss it with the people. Honestly. Don't even, don't. No. Don't take advice because you have a God-given instinct and guess what you will make mistakes mm -hmm. and it's from your mistakes that you will have the audacity to think bigger mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because if i didn't make mistakes i'll still be doing the small girl you know let's do 20 pieces here yeah. 10 pieces there yeah. Yeah. i will not grow yeah but there's so many things i've even designed that i look at it and i'm like i if i want you cannot even sell this <laughs> Don't, don't, don't even put it out there. Do you do your own designs? I do my own design, but Fantastic. lately I've been, I've been, I've, lately because mm -hmm. I've been so busy, I've actually been getting designers to do some designs for me okay. because I just don't have the time to sit down to do it anymore. Look at growth. Look ah, at growth. Oh, above income. <laughs> I love so, it. So that, so that, that, that's what I've learned, yeah. you know, and I think I should share that with you. So don't, just make your decision and tell people what. And if you make a mistake, that is your own mistake yeah. and you'll learn from it. Yeah. So book whoever you want to That's book. That's Honestly, I was having a conversation with the guys. Um, I'm, I've done a little promo video and um, the guys who shot the video were sending me various edits and I was like, I don't like this, I don't like that. Can you change this? I just wanted, I was very clear. So with, with this brand, because I've had so long of listening to other people seeking advice here, there and yonder and spinning round and round, yeah. I've been very intentional about making sure I'm listening to my inner voice. And mm. I'm very clear about my why. So my inner voice isn't my ego in disguise. And when it is exactly. my ego in disguise, I can catch it and, and check it at the door. So when we were having discussions about the video, they were saying, Tammy, we just think you're being overly critical. Previously, that was my stilo. That was how I operated. Because being overly critical sends you into procrastination. So you don't do anything and you're just stagnant. But in yeah. this one, they kept saying, this is nice. Actually, this is great. But I had to be very clear. Deep inside myself, I know exactly what I want. And even though you think that that is nice, and it might be nice, but it's not what I want. Exactly. I have had a lifetime of not choosing what I want, whether it's because I felt that I hadn't done anything to deserve it, whether I thought, oh gosh, let me buy the cheaper alternative, and I haven't been happy with, forget happy, I haven't felt content with it. And comfortable. And comfortable. Oh, that was, I just said, I'm just not comfortable with this. If I, do, if I feel, and this is what I've said time and time again, if I have to force it, I'm not doing it. It needs to come with ease. And coming with ease is different from being easy. 
when you really believe something, when you have to wake up extra early in the morning to get all the things that you need to get done, it's not easy, but you do it with ease because you believe. If I, if it doesn't feel like it's easeful, if I don't feel comfortable with it, if I don't feel like it's a reflection of what I know I want, I'm just not doing it. If I can't know that at my big age of 40, when will I know that? As you talked about being a mother, I had a similar experience with my, you know, development journey. It slowly happened throughout my 30s. I became a mother just before I turned 30. And I've been very clear from the start, I don't want to leave a legacy for my daughter when I'm gone. I want to have a living legacy. And Mm. my legacy for her is not just that I want to be able to leave her, give her a nice sum to start her life when she has gone to university and all those sorts of things. My legacy for my daughter is living on your own terms and understanding yourself. Amen to that. So if uh, I'm I forming totally the fall agree with you. and squashing and squeezing and making myself small, oh, they said that video is okay, let me just go with it. I'm lying. No. It's dishonest. And the person I'm being most dishonest to is myself. Yeah, and you will never be happy with that video. You always think Thank you. you would never you would never feel confident sharing that video. Exactly. I'll what's, be having my fingers point? crossed. I'll be holding myself, bracing myself. No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to walk around stiff. That's we walk around stiff all the time. That's probably why we've got so much, you know, <laughs> things wrong with us. So what you're saying Yes, we need to know our own minds. Yes, we need to be very clear about our intentions and our why and what makes us tick. But we're also human beings. We don't live in isolation. We bounce off each other. And what you said for me is affirmation. Yep. Yeah. Yvonne, I could just sit down and talk to you all day. But as you have said in so many ways, time is precious. Time is precious. Time is precious. So before I leave you to return to your queendom. My queendom. Your queendom. (laughs) Your queendom. I would like to absolutely thank you for your time. It has been magical. And and just as Yvonne and I... Affirmation card. Exactly. Exactly. Just as Yvonne and I started our conversation, I felt compelled to pull an affirmation card. I have affirmation cards from A Life More Inspired and I shuffled and the card that came up is I Make Magic Happen. This for me has been a really magical conversation. I've loved every word. I've enjoyed talking to you. (laughs) Good. This kind of conversation is what we should be having. You know, Nigerians will say this kind of conversation is biting into meat. Hey, good quality meats. Meats, thank you. Not uh, ice candy. What they call that candy they sell at uh, the playground? Uh, uh, Not um, playground. Candy floss. Candy floss, not candy floss, they're just melting your mouth. So thank you. Yes, yes. No, thank you very much for your time. Before we go, before we wrap up, do you have anything coming up that we need to know about? Hey, that kimono. 
Hey, don't even talk ready. about that kimono. Don't talk about that kimono, my sister. I have to talk sister. about it all because it's going to go <laughs> no. so nicely. You've got one that has got flowers on it and it's got lots of yellow. And I thought that is going to go so nicely with my yellow jumpsuit. <laughs> Do you know something? Um, the, the lady comes here to make them. Okay. So I have like a seamstress who comes here to make the kimonos. Mm-hmm. Um, she said to me that end of this month to the beginning of May, mm-hmm. she'll make them. And I, I'm only making limited pieces because, uh, you know, she has to cut it yes. and it's just one woman yes, just doing it. And I want to keep it exclusive. I want to do a design and let it go. Another design, let it go. You know, so, um, yes, the kimonos, I, I have no date for that. I'm not, Yvonne, uh, I'm not even joking. Can I pre-order? Can you set up a pre-order link? Because your people, I'm really trying to be intentional about how I use social media. So I miss a lot of things now. I didn't even know your Ankara skirts were available. Is there a way that we can pre-order or register our interest or something? Because I don't want to miss this. No, 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 you won't. Honestly, you won't meet this one. This one, I'm going to shout about it. Okay, okay. I've already started. I've not, I've, I've not even started okay, yet. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> do I sound a bit crazy? No, you that? do not. Oh. No, you do not. And this, I was when I was speaking to Nicola in the first podcast, I was talking about only buying things that give me joy. When I saw yes. that kimono, I thought, I, I, I need it. I need it. It's so versatile. I will wear it for years and years and years and years. It's absolutely beautiful. So, Yvonne, apart from the kimono, which clearly I'm very excited about, do you have anything else? (laughs) Do you have anything else coming up that we need to know about now? 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 Not really. I have some new t-shirts coming out. Mm -hmm. Actually, I just commissioned them today. Okay. So they've gone to the printers. I've finalised it, but it's going to be. Not any kind of slogan. It's going to be Nigerian proverbs funkinized. Okay. So it's going to be short, but in the modern um, messages, yeah. short messages in, in like a cute in, font. Um, yeah, like it's going to be like um, uh, 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 the font that you find in a book. Because okay. people have been asking me to write a book. Okay. And I don't have the time to write a book, and there's no money in books. Okay. All the effort, though. So I'm not doing that. Yeah. I don't even have the time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I'm bringing out, I'm trying two slogans. Okay. And that will be coming out soon. Okay. So, how can people keep up with you? What's the best way? Instagram. And your Instagram. handle? Oh, my handle. What's my handle again? Kemi Telford. Okay. And do you have a mailing list or something that people can sign up to? I have a mailing list on my website. And yeah, I have a mailing list on my website. And your web address? Um, KemiTelford.com. Fantastic. Mrs. Kemi Telford, thank you so much for your time. I have enjoyed every single moment. And you're the most beautiful woman. Oh, I'm looking at your face and I'm thinking, oh, Lord. Thank you very much. I am totally, totally embracing that compliment. Thank you. (laughs) You are an all round beauty also. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very, very inspirational. Thank you very much for your time. And I will catch up with you on social media. Thank you. Bye, my darling. 
Thank you for listening to the 360 podcast. We can continue the conversation on social media using the hashtags Live360 and Everyday Joy. I hope to see you on my social media channel. If you like the podcast, please subscribe, like, comment, rate, and share this podcast wherever you're listening. 360 Conversations is produced by me, Tammy Thomas. Podcast music produced by James Anderson. I look forward to engaging with you next time.